We have to start talking about something which is absolutely amazing, and it has to do really with, you know, I, I, I got to ask you this. What would you do if tomorrow you got a phone call from the president of the United States or somebody who represents the president of the United States asking you for a favor? But wait, it's actually more interesting than that. The favor that they're asking you for is something that you can't do because it's either illegal or unethical or both. That is the situation that Rusty Bowers found himself in. This is a seemingly a pretty good dude, right? He lives in Arizona, one of the top state lawmakers in Arizona. In fact, he's the Speaker of the House. So as the Speaker of the House of Arizona, they came to him and said, well, you're a Republican. He goes, yeah, I'm a Republican. And they said, you're the big dude here, right? You're in charge. And, you know, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, lost the election. And we need you to declare that it's wrong. And we need you to get rid of the electors and put in new electors. And he's wondering, well, why would I do that? In fact, I want, I want, listen to, listen to Rusty Bowers, right? Think of yourself. You know, most of the people who listen to my podcast, right, are Latinos. This is the Rick Sanchez News podcast. We tell Latino truths. We we tell stories that you're never going to hear in most of the media because they don't cover us. We're like out there and who knows the hell where. But 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 this story, if you look at it from our eyes, through our eyes, you start to understand the situation that sometimes people can be can find themselves in. Listen to this guy's soul as he's explaining this story. This is on this week with a very good correspondent, by the way, a guy named Jonathan Carl, who I've worked with in the past. Let's listen. So let's go back to what Trump actually wanted you to do after the election of 2020 and Rudy Giuliani. I mean, they, they, they basically wanted you to overturn the results in Arizona. I that mean, would be the result of what they asked, yes. Yeah. And then they said, well, we've heard that there's an arcane law in, in Arizona that would allow us to that allow you, uh, if you had sufficient cause that you could, I don't even remember them saying that, but would allow you to throw out the Biden electors and, and put, the, and put yeah. in the Trump's electors. And I said, I've never heard of, that's a new one to me. I've yeah. never heard of that one. Well, did you ever consider going along with it? Did you ever? The idea of throwing out the election of the president is like, okay, so what part of Jupiter do I get to land on and colonize? And, and, and Rudy Giuliani? More forceful, he was really the bulldog. Yeah. And you or, asked or him. more forceful ask. And you asked him for evidence of, of fraud. Over and over. And he said, yes, yes. And never gave us anything, no names. No, no data, nothing. Stop it right there, Antonio. Vamos a parar ahí mismo un momentico. So, so I'm just catching you up here. Here's this guy. I mean, seems like a normal guy, you know, and seems to take his job, you know, responsibly, right? And he's getting a phone call from the president of the United States and the president of the United States people, and they're asking him to do something which he knows in his heart just is not right. By the way, he voted for the president. He's a Republican. It's his party. It's his people, right? But still, he, he knows in his heart of hearts, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. I'm not sure I can do this. And I, I, I guess I just have to ask more questions. He wants, if, it sounds to me like what he's saying is if I can figure out a way to do it, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. But th this is that human construct that is inside all of us, that from time to time, somebody comes along with something. 
I know my wife and I once were going to buy a house and we were getting ready to close and we were very excited about the house. And suddenly the realtor started talking to us about how they were going to change the numbers to instead of having to come up with 20%, we would only have to come up with 10%, but they were going to file it in such a way so it was not really going to be a 90% deal. It was going to be an, a, a, not really be an 80% deal, but it was going to look like a 90% deal. And when I asked, is this ethical? Is this right? He kind of had one of those expressions in his face, like he didn't want to tell me what he was thinking. And my wife and I then went home that day and called him and said, we're not going to do this mortgage because it just doesn't smell right. And we, you know, it's, it's that thing. I know it's that thing we learn, you know, that then nuestra mamá y nuestro papá, right? We get it from our parents. We get it from our, from our, from our descendancy. Some of us, of course, but when we come to the United States, we know already that they're probably going to jump on us if we do something wrong. So we, we don't do stuff like this. And, and the reason we don't do these kinds of things is because we're not living here, for the most part, as Latinos, we're not living a privileged life. In fact, we're the non-privileged people. <laughs> Even though we're the, you know, we, we are the economic powerhouse of the United States of America. Take away Latinos out of the United States of America and we're the Netherlands. Barely, right? We're the Netherlands. The next day, if we all get up and leave. But still, we, we, we do have a sense about us that's a little different. And we're not the only ones. I'm not going to say Latinos are the only ones. But, you know, as a, as a minority in the United States, something we feel a lot of pride in. When I see somebody going through an experience like this, I look at it through my own heart and through what I learned from my mom, you know, Adela and, and my dad, Paco. You know, what, what, dad, what do I do? And I'm hearing this guy and he's going like, what in the, what am I, the, the president of the, first of all, think about it. The president of the United States. You get a call one day from the White House. How many Americans get a call from the White House? Hello, Rick. This is the White House. The president wants to talk to you or the president needs a favor from you. I'm like, sure. What do you need, Mr. Bush, Mr. Obama, Mr. Trump, Mr. Whatever? You know, it's the president of the United States, man. What the hell? That's, that's this dude, Rusty Bowers. That's why I find when I watched this interview, I was going, this is, this is fascinating. This is, this is a human, a real human moment with drama, which is acclimating in his soul as he's listening to the, to the ask. So let's listen just a little bit more. Let's pick it up from there. Antonio, Lali. I've seen any evidence that there was. Oh, fraud. I saw, I saw what they claimed. So in other words. And so I got nothing. So I got words, no names, <laughs> no proof ever. Has the Justice Department reached out to you? No. Do you I've heard they've reached out to others. Do you expect they will? Don't know. They do. That's fine with me. And you'll cooperate. I'm, I have nothing to hide, and, and I want to tell the truth. What do you think of the prospects of DOJ prosecuting Trump? When I heard what from the man sitting next to me yeah. and saw the video of him saying, I just need 11,000 votes, if I did that, yeah. or if the county supervisor did that to the county recorder, you're not going to just do that and walk away. I mean, that's, you'd be, you'd be that's prosecuted. serious. You'd be prosecuted. Well, it's yeah. serious. Yeah. And it's serious. That's... That, that's a key part of the conversation that we just heard uh, right there. And, and I think that's really important, right? Um, he just said something which kind of stuck with me when he said, if I did that, if I did that, you know what would happen? And and I think that way too all the time. Again, going back to, look, I'm, a, I'm some Latino dude growing up in the United States and I know what my experiences is like. I know what my, I know I've watched my buddies go to jail for less than this, right? 
And, and I know that in our minds, we're thinking we're living in a different threshold, right? We're not the chosen ones, right? We're not the, the privileged ones. We got to work a little harder and we got to watch our asses a little bit more than most people. And, and that's what I was getting when I was listening to him say that. And, and that's what I've always, look, I'll be honest with you. When I worked at CNN, I, I mean, I'm a guy from the barrio. Most of the guys from CNN, their dad writes for the New York Times. Their mom teaches at Harvard. I mean, this is like the elite of the elitists that I was working with with these folks. And I could always tell that their perspective of the world was very different from mine. I, I, I'll give you an example. You know, I lose my gig at CNN. I'm on my ass, right? Dad's not going to write. Dad works in a factory. Mom works in a, dad buses dishes at a hotel. My dad, that's how I grew up. My mom doesn't teach at Harvard. My dad is not a, a, a multimillionaire investor on Wall Street like a lot of the other folks. And, you know, and I, and I don't know who this dude Rusty Bauer is other than he seems like a normal dude, a guy with a soul. But that's what I'm hearing him say when that guy's asking him that question, right? The situation goes even further as far as a risk to him. Now, imagine... Again, makes 30, 40 grand a year. He's a lawmaker. He goes to his uh, capital there representing his people. And now, just a couple of days ago, the president, the former president of the United States comes to Arizona just to say really bad crap about you, to literally attack you and tell people you're a horrible. The former president of the United States comes to your hometown to tell your homies that you're a piece of crap. In fact, we have that tape. Let Antonio play that. Rusty Bowers is a rhino coward who participated against the Republican Party in the totally partisan unselect committee of political thugs and hacks the other day and disgraced him. The former president of the United States, forget Trump, make it Obama, make it Bush, make, I don't care, Abraham Lincoln comes to your hometown, holds a news conference, and you're just some guy there. You're the guy, you know, the Chamber of Commerce dude or something, or the, or the local drugstore drug owner. And he just starts lambasting you. What the hell, right? I want to bring somebody in here because, you know, we talk news, but the association with other Latinos in the United States, in fact, other Latinos who perhaps have podcasts, and there's somebody who has a podcast. Her name is Pam Covarrubias. She's wonderful. And her podcast is called Café con Pam. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And it's cool. She comes at it a little differently, almost from a sociological perspective, because she talks to other Latinos about their perhaps issues, their, their businesses, talks to a lot of small business people. And in some ways, kind of like about the things that we're taking apart here, except this is a news story. One of the things I like about you and what I like about your podcast is you're constantly coaching people and getting them out of very difficult pickles, as they say. Pepino. And um, what, what, what would you tell somebody who feels like some force bigger than themselves is ganging up on them? I imagine this happens to Mexicanos all the time, by the way. Uh, and sometimes it's like legal issues that they don't necessarily deserve. I think Latinos, we experience this a lot. It's el que dirán. We hear it all the time. It's mm -hmm. all about worrying what others are going to say. So we, this is a day-to-day -day thing that we always experience. So one thing that I always bring people back to is what do you want? What do you truly stand for? And stand on that because you talk about Latino truth, then stand in your truth because your truth cannot be questioned. 
somebody can have all the power, but ultimately, if you are so strong and confident in your truth, then fight until the end. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that goes to dignity and that goes mm -hmm. to personal ethics. And it, it, it almost seems to me like your personal ethics tend to be stronger when you grew up humble. Humble people, people of the earth, people I know like me and where I come from at least. Um, and I think probably where, where in the way that you were raised and where you come from as well, tend to have m more of respect for the ethics and the morals they were taught than people like Donald Trump and others who grew up with $400 million that were given them by their father, who know that that money can then be employed to get away with the lack of morals or lack of ethics. I mean, that's, that's the picture I'm seeing here that, that I'm hearing in this, this, this duality between Donald Trump and Rusty Bowers, rich dude from New York, humble dude from Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it comes down to being resourceful because when you don't have the money to back up whatever it is that you need to do, then you have to be resourceful. And ultimately it's your values, <laughs> but you make decisions with your values because you don't have other resources. You know, in this case with, uh, with Bowers, um, they ask him later on about what it's like to have Donald Trump, um, come and do this to him to embarrass him, to humiliate him, to, to set people to attack him, to uh, uh, call him names. And, th and then they ask him about uh, Donald Trump and, and why he would do something like this. And, and I think his answer, I think his answer is revealing. I, 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 when I hear him, what he's about to say, and, and I'm going to play it for you, um, I, hear, I think there's a lot of truth here. And, and I, I relate to, to this answer. Let's take a listen to Rusty Bauer's response. I have thought at times, someone born how he was and raised how he was, he has no idea what a hard life is and what people have to go through in, real, in the real world. He has no idea what courage is. Um, courage? He, he says, I, I have a thought, and it's, as I look at him, I think he has no idea what it's like to live in the real world. And, you know, I got to tell you, Pam, um, I, I was lucky when I was a little kid. I, I didn't speak English. I failed first grade. I had to learn to speak English. My parents had no money. Um, we barely got by. There was no lack of love. And can only imagine that a guy it could have been the Kennedys. It could have been, in this case, it's Donald Trump, a, a guy who started his life with $400 million given to him by his father is telling me what I have to do. And maybe it's the realization, Pam, that as poor as I may have been all my life, I have more value than a guy who had all that money because all that money kept him from having my ethics and my mores. That, that's what I'm seeing in that in that, uh, in that interaction. Yeah. I mean, one of my mentors one time told me that 
money simply enhances who you are. And so this guy who got the $400 million from his dad, that's who he's always been. He just happened to have a resource that allowed him to expand it and oppress people in the ways that he has and continues to do because in his case, money does give him power, which is unfortunate for us. And so I think we, while we might not have the money as a resource, I think we can also step into our power. We have our voice, we have our votes, we have our purchasing power. I mean, we have $1.3 trillion in purchasing power Latinos do. And so there's other ways to, to make our voices heard besides, you know, crapping on people like he does. So you, know, but, but, <laughs> you know, you mentioned something funny about Latinas. The soul of the Latino community comes from Latinas, right? It's okay. it's Latinas who create how we think. It's when I talked a while ago about morals and ethics, right? The, 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 this is our this is the backbone of our community, and it comes from Latinas, right? It comes from our mothers and yeah. from our sisters, and and, and that's b essentially what uh, what gives us the value. I think that we have. A lot of people, a lot of Americans just don't understand us because never before have we been more, I think, misunderstood. Always tie Latinos to, you know, masculinity for some stupid reason because they're all caught up in that word machismo, which by the way is not a bad word. Machismo just means to most Latinos like to be a good boy, you know, to be a mensch, you know, to, 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 to honor your family. For some reason, they think it's all that we go around being jerks and stuff. Not to say that there's not jerks <laughs> among us, but doesn't our do, doesn't our culture come from 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 the feminine side, really, who we are and what we represent? Yeah, I do believe that Latinos have a, a strong history of matriarchs. I mean, we have the abuelas, you know, Coco that <laughs> shows the abuela, the matriarch persona, and so we do have that. And at the same time, coupled with that, we have what I call calladita culture. And that is, it, in a way, the thing that Latinas hear all the time, te ves bonita, calladita te ves más bonita. Yeah. And so while we do have a strong piece of the matriarch, of the feminine side, of the abuelas and the mothers truly running, being the, the household runners, there's still that element of be quiet though, be submissive, because that's the Latina persona that we have grown up with. And is, so that's is that, something that... Is, is that Latina or is that just a universal feminine thing, which by the way, I think is kind of not going away, but being a little bit pushed against, no? Oh yeah. No, I mean, people like me and other friends, we, we're pushing against that. <laughs> so I do think it's it's it could apply to be universal. It is very strong in the Latino culture because we... I mean, there's so many, it's layered. It's very layered. We have colonialism, we have religion, we have history that has put that matriarchal piece kind of like under the table to show that the patriarchs are important. So I do think it is kind of like coming down. There's a lot of people working against it. And I mean, we do make it happen. Latinas are one in three by the year 2060. One out of three women in the U.S. is going to be a Latina. So Wow. We're here to stay. What What is the, if, if you were going to describe what that um, particular characteristic about Latinas is, that's making them right now uh, the most important part of the U.S. economy. I mean, obviously, Latinos in general, it's a workforce, but Latinas tend to drive that workforce within the workforce. What is it? What, what is that characteristic? 
ethics. It comes down to hardworking. There's, I mean, there's so much data. And something that's really unfortunate on one end is that Latinas get 43% less pay. Latinas are the lowest paid demographic. And so I think we have been fighting that battle for a long time, which has then made us knock doors and open it, open them and create tables and just like build their own table, really, because there aren't any seats. What do you do? Your podcast is fascinating. I've heard it and you talk to people and you talk about people's issues and then you try and uh, bring it to life. And you don't come at it from an old fashioned, you know, I'm a Wall Street expert. I'm going to make you rich. You do it more from, it seems to me anyway, maybe I'm mischaracterizing you and I don't want to do that. You do it more from a holistic standpoint. Can you describe it for me? What, 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 you, what you try to do and what you try to represent? Totally. I have, similar to you, I didn't grow up with money. I grew up with immigrant parents. My mom cleaned houses. And so I really got to explore who I am from an identity standpoint. I'm also a, a backwards immigrant. So I was born in the U.S., grew up in Mexico City, so I have a very unique story. And all of that led me into really explore who am I and why Why is this, like, why do I need to check a box every time I go somewhere in the U.S.? And I went into this journey of exploration of identity and learned about the nervous system and how trauma affects our nervous system. And so when it comes to really exploring Latino issues, I bring it always back to the lens of how is your body being affected? How does trauma, because all of that really? trauma affects our body. Yeah. And so how, so you mean the, the, the physiotherapy, uh, the, the physiological effects of stress? Is that what you're referring the somatics, to? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Because ultimately what we are looking at as human beings the reason why people like Trump feel that they can do the things that they do is because they have safety. And in his case, money gives them safety. What happens to us and the reason why a lot of times we feel stuck, we don't make the decisions, we don't progress is because we don't feel safe within ourselves. Mm. And so in my work and the things that I've studied have allowed me to see that ultimately it comes down to feeling safe within you first and that comes within your body because we're also so disconnected from our bodies. We've been taught to be in our heads all the time. What are you thinking? Like, be very logical. But ultimately, your body has the answer. Wow. That's actually a great response. I'm, I'm still sitting here uh, uh, doing the math on what you just said. And I find it to be absolutely amazing to think. And that's probably a great piece of information and advice for most Latinos who do deal with things. You know, our mothers always taught us que tenemos dolor de barriga cuando nos ponemos nerviosos. You know, somehow it's that queasy stomach effect. And there's a reason for it. And you're right to say a guy like Trump with $400 million doesn't think he ever has to worry about that because in the end he can all fix it with money. But we can't mm -hmm. fix it with money, so we have to overcome in some other way. And that's a fascinating, right. uh, that's a fascinating observation about us as uh, people. Uh, Pam, you're wonderful. Thanks so much for uh, for, for for your uh, for this conversation. Pam uh, Covarrubias, Café con Pan is the name of the podcast, not Pan P A N, Pam P A M, which I think is really really cool. You can find it on uh, Spotify or on Apple, and you can find us in the same way. This is called Rick Sanchez News, the podcast. 
and we also exist in Spotify and uh, in Apple and then wherever you get your podcast. And we're so glad you're there. And if you happen to be watching us on uh, YouTube, by the way, do us a favor, por favor, subscribe. Dale, nos veremos. Agua. 